Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Now let me encourage you to uh, turn to a Bible. There should be one uh, nearby to you um, if you don't have your own. Uh, And uh, to turn to 1 Peter and the page number in the church Bibles is 1217, 1217, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and I'm going to read verses 1 to 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, page 1217. And before I read and then uh, say some few words on these words, I will pray for us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, it's been very good uh, already uh, to be um, hearing how you have been working in us, uh, to be singing your praises, to be remembering you at the heart of everything as we start this new year. And we thank you that you're a God who cares for us so deeply that you speak to us. And we pray you would do that now. Speak to us through your word as it's read and taught uh, that we may have our hopes firmly fixed where our hope should be. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who've been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy is given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. You who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Well, here we are at the beginning of the new year, 2017, and uh, inevitably we, as we sit here and perhaps as the clock struck 12 last night, we began to think about uh, 2017. We had new hopes and dreams for the new year. Some of those will be personal. Uh, It might be that you're looking forward to a new job. I uh, spoke to somebody last week who just got a new job, very excited about that new opportunity. Uh, It might be that you're going to do some travelling. Uh, it might be this is a big year for exams and you're thinking, oh, you know, if everything goes well, then I'll be going on to this or that. It might be that you're thinking of a relationship. Maybe somebody just got engaged. I wouldn't be at all surprised if I don't get a few phone calls in the next few weeks to say, I've just got engaged over Christmas. Brilliant. How exciting. Brand new starts. Uh, great hopes for the new year. Maybe uh, your hopes are wider than that. Many people, we've already prayed about it, are worried nationally about Brexit and you have hopes, you don't know whether they'll be realised, but you wonder where it's all going to go, but you hope it's all going to work out. Maybe it's international, as once again we've been hit only yesterday morning, well this morning, um, with the great problem of terrorism again. Is your hope that it will be eradicated? Uh, or maybe it's uh, more environmental, that you think, wouldn't it be great if finally the, 
nations of the world could come together properly and begin to think seriously about the great problem of global warming. It could be anything from a very personal thing to a great thing. We have great hopes for the new year. And indeed, that's right. We can't live without hope. You try to go through life without hope. I remember meeting a man years ago, this was. I hadn't been uh, ordained very long. It was when I was in Ware in Hertfordshire, in my very first job as a curate. And uh, I meant, went to visit a lady um, in, uh, who was a member of the congregation uh, in, uh, in this old people's home and uh, had some time with her. And as I was walking out, there was a man sitting on a bench um, just uh, uh, in the sort of corridor of this old people's home. And uh, I'd sort of caught his eye and never met him before, said hello to him and asked him how he was. And uh, he said, uh, I'm hopeless. I said, what do you mean hopeless? He said, nobody comes to see me. Uh, my family don't see me anymore. Every day I get up and I sit here, I have no hope. It was desperate. I tried to talk to him about the gospel, but I'm just saying if you have no hope, it's awful. Of course we can't live without hope. But here's the thing, if we put our hopes in the wrong place, then we will end up being disappointed. And you see, we, we can have hopes, uh, we will keep generating hope, even if we don't know where we ought to hope, we'll keep generating them because we can't live without them. But if we keep putting them in the wrong hope, the wrong place, we'll keep being disappointed. And of course, that's why many people get to the end of life and they become quite cynical with life. Because they've had all these hopes and they've never really materialised, they've never really delivered, they've never really been what they ought to be. We can't live without hope, but we can't live with the wrong hopes again and again with our hopes being dashed. That's why I thought it'd be good to turn to 1 Peter very briefly this evening because as we look at 1 Peter, we find a right hope. A hope that is not a vague hope. You know, often our hopes are vague things. I hope that Leeds United are going to be promoted. I've been hoping that for years. It never comes to truth. Those sort of hopes are hopeless. Um, we're talking about hope. The Bible uses the word very differently, as most of you will know. It's, talking, it's a confident hope. It's actually certain. We'll see why it's certain in a moment. A right hope and a hope that is absolutely sure. That's what we'll see in 1 Peter. But we will also see in 1 Peter the temptation to have misplaced hopes and indeed why misplaced hopes are misplaced and so hopeless. What is the hope that we ought to have for 2017? What is the hope that if we're Christians we do have, whether we've even got it in our minds or not, and we just need to get it back into our hope? Look at verse three again. It is a hope worth praising God for. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope. This is a hope that nothing will ever be able to stop. A hope that is greater than death. A hope that goes beyond death. A hope that lives on whatever the circumstances. A hope rooted in something so sure and certain that it cannot be taken away from us. And you'll see it is rooted in the resurrection from the dead. To have this hope, this hope of eternal life rooted in the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, is a hope that we should have now and will never disappoint let me ask you at the beginning of this year, are you sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I'm not just saying are you sort of wishing that it were true. I'm not saying, even if you're a Christian here, I'm not saying, um, do, do you kind of think it is true? I'm saying, are you certain about it? 
Have you really got clear in your mind the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If someone were to challenge you, when difficult times come in 2017, or if not 2017, 2018, or if you're very young, in years to come, if the Lord Jesus doesn't return and you don't die first, if in years to come, when difficult times come, if, you, if you, somebody starts to say, can you really believe in, in that future hope? What's it based on? It's based on Jesus Christ's resurrection. Uh, tell us, why do you believe in that? Can you say what it is? I see I meet a lot of Christians who do know that Jesus died, rose from the dead, and they do believe that, but they can't really rehearse why they believe it. They couldn't defend it when they were talking to somebody. This is not to win the other person for Christ, it's just to keep going yourself. That would be brilliant if you could this year rehearse why you know that Jesus rose from the dead, why it is the best option of all the options about the resurrection about what happened when Jesus died. Can you rehearse it, learn it? We've got little booklets we can give you where you can learn it. It's really worth knowing. Because you see, if you're not sure of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, then you will never be sure of your own resurrection, your own hope beyond the grave. Because that's the only thing that it's based on. Otherwise, it's just something you kind of you hope in the wrong sense will happen, but you don't have any certainty. Are you sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If you're not, talk to me afterwards. I'll, I'll get a book for you tonight that you can read. What else is this hope of eternal life based on? Well, it's based on primarily the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's given to those who have new birth. Verse three, in his great mercy, he has given new birth into a living hope. If you haven't been born again, you don't have this new hope. And so I want to ask you at the beginning of this year, are you sure that you are born again? It's not the sort of language we use very much, you know, born again. It sort of has all the wrong connotations, doesn't it? Often people think about born again. Well, it's all those weird sort of uh, American Christians, isn't it? Uh, you know, the sort of weird evangelical Americans. They're born again, the born again type. There's only one type of Christian in the Bible, and that is one who's born again. We want to use the language very often. This is not just Peter's language. John, uh, Jesus used it in John chapter three. And Peter just borrowed it from Jesus. It simply means having a fresh start with the Lord Jesus Christ, being born again. And I do want to ask you, I know that most of the people here come here every week. Most of the people I know call themselves Christians. I'm not, in one sense, I'm not doubting that you're a Christian. I'm just saying, there's only one way you are a Christian. It's if you've been born again. And if you haven't been born again, then you don't have this absolute certain of resurrection from the dead. And if you're not sure whether you've been born again, then be sure. Speak to somebody. Just tell them tonight, I'm not sure whether I am. And if they can't tell you how you can be, then get them to bring them to me and I'll make sure that I tell you how you can be born again tonight. Because it's important. Because this is where your hope is. You will never have confidence this confidence, this confident hope, unless you are certain of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and unless you are certain that you have been born again. Otherwise, you might have this vague thought and it might be, you see, that you are born again and that Jesus did rise again from the dead and you will be with him forever. But if you're not certain of it, you can't have the certainty that keeps you really going through all the ups and downs of life. And you see, Peter was writing to people who are really going through the mill. Now, they were really struggling just because they were Christian. 
Once you do have this hope, it will leave you praising God. You see verse three, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Somebody who is certain about the resurrection and who is certain they're born again will be a person who is full of praise and thanksgiving. That just flows out, doesn't it? Uh, Indeed, maybe that's a test for you. Are you somebody who's full of praise? Might be you've just become a bit cynical about the Christian life and about life in general. So you might again be really born again. You might really be sure about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You might, be, you might be a genuine Christian, but you really ought to be if you are somebody of praise and somebody of hope. And maybe the way you overcome that is tomorrow morning and for the rest of this month and right through this year, the first thing you do when you sit down to have your prayers, I do hope you have your prayers in the morning, When you sit down and have your prayers, the first thing you do is praise God. Think of all the things you can praise him for. Be someone who is full of praise and hope. And that is the sort of thing that ought to flow out of somebody who really knows these truths. You can have an absolute certain hope because Jesus rose from the dead. You can have an absolutely certain hope because you are born again into that certain hope a certain hope of resurrection beyond the grave and that will leave you praising God. But you see, there's a temptation for misplaced hopes and Peter, um, as he continues to describe this great hope, shows us, gives us a little hint of why those misplaced hopes are so misplaced and so hopeless. Look what he goes on to say. Verse three again, halfway through. In, this, in, this, in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Now, why does he say this inheritance can never perish, spoil or fade? Because he's saying every other hope, hopeless hopes, things that never come to anything, do perish, spoil or fade. Everything else, everything in life perishes, spoils or fades. Everything. Oh, you know that from Christmas presents. Oh, you know, you'll be thinking about the new Christmas break. You're very excited. Did you get a, maybe you've got a new gadget. You've got a new gadget and you're very excited about your gadget. And at the moment, you know, it's thrilling. Can I ruin your Christmas for you? It's going to break. <laughs> you'll drop it or it will, um, it will perish uh, one way or another or it will uh, spoil because it might not break because you're very careful and you'll look after it. But you know what will happen? There'll be a new operating system that it won't be able to work on anymore. <laughs> and you'll have to buy a new one. That's the way it works, isn't it? So you, do you remember when you got your iPhone 3? Yeah? You were thrilled, weren't you? You look at it now and you say, what a brick. No, you're not thrilled anymore. It doesn't do the job anymore. Or, of course, it will just fade because you're so excited when you first get your new gadget. So excited and then after a while you're just not excited by it anymore. Everything perishes, spoils or fades. You think of new clothes. You buy new clothes, you feel a million dollars. Don't you feel terrific? You feel great as you walk out. And then eventually, you know, they go out of fashion and you, I don't know, you take them to the, um, you take them to the Oxfam shop and I buy them. Um, you've always got to keep buying new things perish, spoil. everything you have in this life perishes, spoils or fades things that promise so much they seem to be the thing that I want they seem to be the thing that's going to deliver and even worthy things marriages and relationships I'm not just saying that marriages and relationships break down of course they do 
But I'm talking about the ones that last. I'm talking about the ones that last for almost forever. And then someone dies. It's nobody's fault they've died, but it's gone. The thing that you so long for, the thing that you put your life into is gone. Great ambitions, great career opportunities, redundancy comes, bad health comes, you can't do it anymore. Retirement comes and you've made that what you're about and suddenly, what have you got? Everything perishes, spoils or fades, which is why... Peter says, you've got an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, face. He's comparing it to everything else. This is a hope that will never let you down. If you, put this, if you make this your hope above everything else, you'll never go, my hopes have been dashed. You'll never become a cynical person. I put all my effort into that and look where it got me. I gave my life to him or to her and look where it got me. You never, never say that. Put your hope into anything else and you will be disappointed. But the hope of life with Jesus Christ forever will never perish, spoil or fade. Indeed, even when death comes, especially when death comes, it won't perish, spoil or fade. You'll be then catapulted into the very thing you've lived for. That's why Peter says it's a brilliant thing to have your hope in. This hope as well is certain. It's certain primarily because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because he died, if you connected to him, you also, you also will die. But because he rose again, you also will rise. Somebody said it to me like this years ago. They said, um, it's a bit like a needle and a thread. You know, when you finally... I'm not very good at threading needles, so I usually have to get somebody else to do it. But once it's finally in, wherever the needle goes, the thread follows, doesn't it? And if you're in Christ, if you're connected to him, wherever he went, you will go to. Yes, he died, you will die. He rose again, you will rise again. So that's the primary way we know it's certain. But just listen to this, I love this, end of verse four. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, you who through faith are shielded by God's power. You see, this inheritance is being kept in heaven for you, but here's the thing, verse five, you are being kept for it. How do you think you're gonna keep going through 2017? My, my faith seems so weak. Yeah, it is probably, but he's gonna keep you. I don't know how I'm gonna get through these things that might come my way. Yeah, but he's gonna keep you. You hear of Sue giving her testimony, talking about the remarkable way that God has, you think if I was to go through that, I don't think I'd keep going. Yes, you will, because he's gonna keep you. Isn't that wonderful? Kept in heaven for you, verse five, who through faith are shielded by God's power. I love that. I've not seen the new Star Wars movie. Anybody seen it? Is any good Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, it's all right. Oh yeah, you like it. Okay, if you're a Star Wars fan, you like it. Is there anything to do with the Death Star in it? Yeah, usually is, isn't there? I think every, every movie's the same, really, but it's still good. The Death Star, there usually has this great force field that until you get through the force field, you can't actually get to the... Is that what the movie's about? Okay, right, there we are. I haven't seen, I know what it's about. Anyway, great force field, can't get through the... You get through the force field, then you can sort of get rid of the Death Star. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just imagine force field. Now, this is saying there is a shield 
around you that cannot be broken. No, 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 not even Luke Skywalker can get through this one. No one is gonna get through this because it is God's shielding power. It doesn't mean it won't be difficult. It doesn't mean you won't be hurt. It doesn't mean everything's gonna go well, but it does mean God will keep you. And that's crucial. If I'm gonna throw my life into one thing and one thing alone, put all my hope into one thing, if I'm going to do that, I've got to know that it's going to, I'm going to be delivered on it or it's going to be delivered to me. And that's what Peter says, yes, it will. Not because you're powerful, but because he is and he will keep you. So different from all the other hopes, they can be snatched away from us. No wonder Peter praises God. There is reality here, you see in verse six, in this you greatly rejoice. Yes, you do rejoice in this wonderful great hope, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He doesn't say a little while because you won't have perhaps years and years of it. He says a little while because compared to eternity, it's nothing. He's not belittling it, but he's just putting it in its right context. It seems like a long time at the time, but once we've been in eternity for a thousand years, or 10,000 years, or 100,000 years, or 10 million years, we'll go back and say, it wasn't very long, was it? It was tough, but it wasn't very long. So yes, you might have to suffer now. Life will be hard. And for some, 2017 is going to be really tough. Very tough. It's quite scary, isn't it? Looking ahead. But you see, that's why we've got to have our hope firmly fixed where we know everything ultimately will be okay. And we will even be able to rejoice through those struggles if we have put our hope firmly there because we know the one thing we're living for and the one thing we've set our hope on cannot ever be taken from us. What are your hopes for the new year? I don't know. But will you do this? Whatever other hopes you have, and do have them, Make sure that your great hope, your greatest hope, the hope which trumps all other hopes, the hope which will shape all other hopes, the hope that will shape your entire life, make sure that hope is the hope that is here, the hope of eternity with Jesus Christ forever. Because then you will never be disappointed. Then your hope will never be taken away from you it will never perish, spoil, or fade. And you will be a person praising and rejoicing both now and for all eternity.